Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to a Monday night edition of TC Live as we get going into the swing into spring. Four different tournaments on three continents as the tennis season heads toward Indian Wells and Miami. Look at the Dallas skyline after a big night of tennis there. A big day of tennis. 20 hours of tennis on Tennis Channel today. It started early. Rob Simulka here wrapping things up with Prakash Amritraj and Paul Anacone. And that was a lot of tennis, guys. How you feeling? <laughs> uh, well, look, I feel good to be here. I got my distance learning partner, PA. By the way, we've gotten a lot of views on our distance learning. Oh, on, yeah, PA squared, right? How do you beat it? We did some good episodes. How you doing, Mr. Uh, Northeastern Winter Guy? Hey, you know, it's good to be here. It's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight at home, but I'm, I'm feeling great. The Red Bull, it's all, it's all feeling good, absolutely. Had some hot weather Kicking out here in. for you, too? Ready to go, exactly. It feels good. It feels really good. Sorry for the folks back home. It's 70 and beautiful out here in Santa Monica. Well, uh, tomorrow is going to be another big day of tennis, 20 hours of action. And, of course, we're all looking ahead to what I, could be a historic moment for one of the most popular players of the last couple of decades in tennis, Juan Martín Del Potro. He is playing at home in Argentina, and it's a chance, certainly, against his countryman, Del Bonis, that it will be his last match. And, Prakash, as you look at Del Potro here, he got emotional during his press conference yesterday talking about the fact that this may be it for him. There's another tournament in Rio he may try to play, but the question is, will this be the end for Del Potro? Well, it's got us all thinking about his entire career, reflecting over all of it. The giant what-if of Juan Martin instead of the big four, he likely to have been the big five. But a memory that really stands out for me is his uh, finals run in Rio when he made the finals there and won that silver medal. He had a beautiful match taking on Novak Djokovic in the first round and they kind of looked up at the stars and, and put the sign of the cross on and it was a beautiful moment, just something I'll never forget. It's amazing because you think of all the what-ifs, and I don't like to be a guy with regrets. You know, I just don't believe in it. You think you have to live for the day. But if there's one person and one athlete in particular that your heart's got to break a little bit for, it's this guy. I mean, in 2009, beating Roger Federer in the U.S. Open Finals, we all thought it was the beginning of a spectacular, multi-major title-holding career. And he has just had so much bad luck with his injuries. I got to spend a few... Uh, a little bit of time with him back in Washington, D.C. Washington, a few years back and got to know him and his team a bit. He, I mean, just one of the most humble, likable people you'll ever meet. You know, the, the biggest heart on the planet. His heart is almost as big as his forehand. So let's hope that his next chapter is a good one. Paul, you, you spend a lot of time, obviously, with Pete back in the day. Maybe the hardest running forehand you've ever seen. Delpo? I think so. Harder? No, I think Delpo's is the hardest. Wow. I think Delpo is the hardest running forehand I've seen. Tell you what, that 09 U.S. Open final, it was something else. Down two sets to one to Federer, comes back. That was his only Grand Slam title, four semifinals for Del Potro. Okay, well, let's head to what we saw on the courts today, and we look back at 2017. This was a doozy. Kevin Anderson on his way to his 
final appearance there. Defeated Sam Querrey. That was in the quarterfinals. A big matchup there. They've played each other a lot since then. Their 17th career meeting in Dallas earlier today. Bit of a different phase for both of these players as they take each other on right now. Sam Corey actually been playing some senior events, mixing in with his ATP events. Hasn't won a match since Wimbledon of last year and a little low in energy here. But I will say it was a blast to listen to Pam and Nico commentate on this. They certainly had a lot of energy. Sam struggling from start to finish here. Soon I certainly need to pick it up as the hardcore season moves on. But Kevin Anderson looking good. He's been working on that comeback, trying to build that ranking back up. And his movement looked quite good today as well. Moving around the court, drilling a forehand here. Across, pretty straightforward, no break points down. Able to get the break here and close things out pretty comfortably. He should feel very happy about this performance. Court not playing too fast over there. I'd say a good thing, I think, for big server and Anderson. He's able to serve through just about anything. Nice, positive performance. So the veteran, Anderson, moves on in Dallas in straight sets. And a lot of Americans in action, not surprisingly, in Dallas. Brandon Nakashima among them, taking on John Milton. Boy, it's been fun to watch Brandon Nakashima, 20 years of age, guys, and he continues to shine. We all know John Milman gives you nothing on the tennis court. These guys were battling the first set. Nakashima had no looks until 5-6 in the first. Look at him lean on the two-hander to seal that first set. Nakashima gets down a break in the second set, then battles back and breaks back. Got down a mini break twice in the tie break. But I'll tell you what, guys, just so solid, really feeling confident and composed. Love the way this kid thinks his way through matches, just plays point for point, and does not blink and does not wilt under pressure. We're going to see a lot more of young Brandon Nakashima a great effort today. Nice cross-court passing shot on match point, and so Nakashima is through in Dallas. And Prakashi had a short Australian Open, a tough draw against Berrettini in the first round, went out there, his first match since then, and he continues to work his way up the rankings. I tell you what, though, he played a very good match against Berrettini, and one of my favorite things about him, and the coach in UPA will absolutely love this, it seems like his shot selection seems to always be on point, really chooses the right shots when he's well behind the baseline, doesn't go for these crazy winners, playing the X's all the time, and a very, very disciplined player. I think that's going to take him very far in the rankings. Yeah, good discipline, good shot selection, tough to teach that. It seems very natural for him. All right, well, we head now to Russia, and of course, Alizé Cornet. This was one of the great stories of the Australian Open. Cornet turned 32 years old and reached her first Grand Slam quarterfinal in her 63rd attempt. One of the really nice stories in Australia. She was back in action in St. Petersburg here. Of course, that went over Simona Halep. Here, she is taking on Elise Mertens. Yeah, it was a heck of a moment for her in Australia to finally get to the quarterfinals. And today, it started off very much the same, up 6-3 to three against Cornet. I'm sorry, against Mertens. And Mertens did a really nice job after that first set regrouping. Stay composed, try to dictate with those power groundies, see if she could uh, try to get control of rallies, not only with just big ground strokes like that one, changing directions, but also using court position. Got through that second set, did Merton 6-2, and here we are at 4-4 in the third. Look, we know Cornet is a great fighter. We wondered in this moment, would she be the one that played the big points well? Well, how about that backhand down the line from Mertens? To, and then she gets up 
5-4-40-15 right here. So for Mertens, for me, it was a great job for her to rebound. Cornet was tough as nails, as she always is, but the second and third set was mostly Mertens playing better tennis. All right, so a three-set win there for the Belgian. She moves on. Belinda Benchert's trying to bounce back from a disappointing Australian Open. She went out in the second round here, taking on Kudamertova. Well, look, she's coming off a dream year last year where she was able to pick up a gold medal. Got off to a good start here, 6-2 in the first set, but Kudamertova started really fighting. Brilliant get over there from outside the alley. Finds a backhand winner up the line. Second set over here, still being aggressive, working away into the net. Really like when she stays aggressive. Manages to put away that second set, 6-4, and then, boy, this third set was an absolute war. Kudumertova up early in the third. Benchich fighting back here. Nice come on after she's able to break back, even things up. This was pushed to a third set breaker where it wasn't pretty for the server. 12 points on serve and seven of those won by the returner. But I tell you what, when you're not necessarily playing your best, you still find a way to pull things through. Great effort there from Belinda Bencic. You get some of those tie breaks on the ladies' tour sometimes, but Bencic comes through. And some of the scores from St. Petersburg, you see Annette Contivate there, a three-set win over Jill Teichman. She gets through as well. McNally, a loser for the U.S., but uh, taking a look at, uh, back to Paul, talking about Benchich again. You know, she's been hanging around there, top 10, top 20 right now. She's in that 20, 20-something range. What do you look for for her this year? Well, it's interesting to watch Benchich play. She's got that great core position. She's one of the best on the women's tour at redirecting, right? We see her get up on the baseline, absorb pace, and go down the line, and really does a nice job controlling the tempo of the rallies with her court position. Has had a couple issues with injuries. We've seen her play some great tennis. We know what she can do when she's healthy. She's also one of these players, I think, Prakash, that's really driven with emotion, right? And when her emotion's positive, she's tough to deal with. I think she has a little bit of a propensity to be a little tough on herself when things aren't going well. So if she gets off to a good start this year, I see a good year for her. All right. Well, looking ahead at the action tomorrow, a full day, and it'll start early at 3 a.m. Petra Kvitova will get things going, and then the two Greek number one seeds, Sakari and Tsitsipas. And Prakash, what jumps out at you here? Well, uh, how about those uh, two players from Greece who look like they should be on the cover of a couple of fitness magazines? <laughs> Maria Sakari, Stefano Tsitsipas. Uh, listen, they've been, they've been playing well. Stefano's coming back from that elbow surgery, but he had a great Australian open poll. I got my eye on both of them. What do you think? Yeah, I think that, look, it's a full day, and we had all of it all day long. It's like Denny's Tennis 24-7 right here at Tennis <laughs> Channel. But I'm really looking forward to watching Jack Sock. We're going to see. We saw him on the doubles court. We know he's great. He can play doubles in his sleep. He's an unbelievable doubles player. It's going to be a tough one against Atta. That'll be a tough match. we got a full day of tennis. You guys are still recovering from me using the word propensity. I know I shocked. <laughs> you guys were shocked. Good word. It's too late for me. You guys to the dictionary later. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we'll have more of the highlights. Plus, we'll honor the career of Zena Garrison in our Black History Month celebration as it continues. Back with more TC Live in a minute.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. she discovered tennis as a 10-year-old in Houston, Zena Garrison was a force to be reckoned with. Her early instruction at the hands of legendary coach John Wilkerson set the tone for the remarkable career that followed. Soon, Garrison rocketed up the sport's upper ranks, and in 1990, she became the first black woman to reach a Grand Slam final since Althea Gibson won consecutive Wimbledon titles in 1957 and 1958. Garrison's prime saw her ascend to the number five worldwide ranking and become the first black woman to reach the Wimbledon final in the open era. She retired in 1996 with 14 singles titles, 20 doubles titles, doubles gold, and singles bronze medals at the 1988 Olympics. Her tennis story returned full circle to Houston, where she followed the example of her first coach, John Wilkerson. The Zena Garrison Tennis Academy provides 45 weeks of free tennis training to Houston kids, along with college preparatory classes, wellness and nutrition lessons, and gardening classes. She's created opportunities for children from all walks of life. And while she was a force on the court, she had an even greater impact beyond it. All right, great job there by our colleague Taylor Townsend. And Boy, a great tennis legacy for Zena Garrison. 1990 Wimbledon finalist, gold medalist in 1988 with our colleague Pam Shriver. Three Grand Slam mixed doubles titles as well. A tremendous resume for Zena Garrison. And Prakasha, I can remember when Zena made that, that final at Wimbledon. You know, at, at my age, I'd never seen an African-American man or woman advance that far in a Grand Slam. It was a big deal. It, it, it was certainly a big deal. And, and look, we saw the stats over there been top five in the world and even at that time amassed four and a half million dollars in prize money that just shows you how complete her career was and it wasn't just the fact that she won so much it was the way she did it she did it with a great deal of class a great deal of dignity and what i love is even after as she as she mentored players on fed cup she passed that on to generations after that and you know what i love too She's got a marquee, signature move. She had her return of serve there, Paul. We, right. we, could, we could never forget that. That was so unique. And it, it's, it's one of those players who will always stay in your mind. And to be able to also have a gold medal in there, just uh, very special. Yeah, the hands apart return of serve, right? Hands apart, exactly. That was as ready as you can be. Yeah, she was uh, <laughs> a tremendous athlete. But, but I think you summed it up best by talking about her character, humility and class. Uh, a lot of grace and just an amazing athlete. Also, a couple sem semifinals, U.S. Open, semis in Australia. Um, just, just a terrific player. I think I fell prey to her in mixed double semis one year in Australia when she won. And, and I had the great Martina Navratilova on my team. And uh, I tell you what, she was amazing. She had great hands. She could do everything, Zena. And, and she did it with class. She did it with quiet dignity, like you mentioned. Um, love what she's doing now with the mentoring, with the, with the younger kids in Houston. Not shocking at all. A wealth of information. So uh, it, it is uh, 
the right thing to do to talk about her, and we should for a long time. Well, I look forward to more of those uh, black tennis history flashbacks during Black History Month. That was really a great one with Zena. Okay, we will take a break. When we come back, we'll look at an American who is not playing in Dallas like a lot of the Americans are with a big win overseas when we come back on TC Live. We're back on TC Live. They're playing on the clay in Buenos Aires. Dusan Lajevic and Ben Pear. Two fun guys to watch here. Pear off to a good start, 6-4 first set, but that's when Lajevic started fighting back. You see these guys use the court really well. Lovely one-hander up the line there. And just as soon as Dusan decided that he was too legit to quit, Betty Pear said, Yikes. it's hammer time. It is hammer time. You're going to get one good racket crack from Betty Pear if you're going to go a long three-set match. 5-4-40 love. Ben Pear serves for it. Has the smash to put things away. Paul, that, that, that was his third match point. That, that, was, wasn't, that wasn't close. He was a 5-4-40. He was a 5-4-40 I knew he served for it twice, and, man, that has got to sting for a while, huh, That's, that's going to sting, and then this breaker wasn't able to put much together. Gym right with, after that? Go to the gym to blow off the steam precaution? Listen, that's what I would do now. Just go right I, in there. Do a couple extra sets. Betty might have gone to another three-letter word. The bar. <laughs> yeah, there oh. <laughs> Other scores from Buenos Aires. You see Fernando Verdasco gets through in three sets as well. So more action from BA coming up tomorrow. Meanwhile, back to Dallas we go. John Isner playing at home. A little doubles. Teaming up with his buddy Jack Sock. Zach Sock got a wild card in the singles, and he's playing with his new heroes and Duffs. Yeah, a little doubles actions for the Yanks, and Jack Sock is uh, one of those guys that uh, he does pretty well on the doubles court. He and John have a couple of big titles together. Uh, no different today. Not a lot going on in the return games in the first set, but Sock and Ismir played a better tie break. Got up in the second set, an early break of serve, and really after that, there was no problem except this game, Prakash. 15:40. So what does Isner do at 15:40? Well, first I think uh, I make fun of Neta Yesov's pajamas that he's got on. No, that thing was a pajama day in Dallas, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it pajama day? Now listen, I can't pull those things off, but maybe they do it differently. Pajama in the day. Black, you know? Come on. The kids love it, absolutely. <laughs> well, Jack Sock, he got a wild card, as I mentioned, into this event for singles, and Prakash, he, he's needing wild cards now to get into some of these big events. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you the, the good and the bad, I think, right now with Jack. Look, I was in D.C. last year when he played that brilliant match with Rafa Nadal, 7-6 in the third. And, yes, Rafa was a little hurt with his foot, of course, but Jack felt that electricity. I mean, the crowd was amazing, and I, I, you could see that Jack still has it in him. But what I would love to see from him is just overcommit to absolutely everything, get in the best shape of your life, and just give it absolutely everything. He is in the maybe the end of the third quarter of his career. So make a strong push. What do you say, Paul? Yeah, look, he's one of the most talented guys on tour. We've 100%. seen it for so many years now. We've seen him play some incredible tennis. Um, we know the talent that he's got. We've seen some of the volatility that you talk about, some of the results that go up and down. One thing is he's got to stay healthy. Uh, number two, I also think he does need to have 
a, a better, better middle gear, right? He's got to have a better average day. And by that, I think what you're talking about, Prakash, comes into play. If you're in great shape physically, you're going to be in great shape mentally. You tend to have more discipline. He is so much fun to watch. I hope he stays healthy. Uh, and I hope he does put his nose to the grindstone a little bit. You mentioned a friend of ours that kind of did something like this at the end of his career, Marty Fish. Yep. Kind of mm. Marty said, you know what, I'm throwing it all in. I'm going to put everything in the center of the table and go for it. And uh, we'd love to see Jack do that as well. All right, well, you know who's going for it is Mackie McDonald. McDonald decided to stay overseas, did not come to Dallas. He is in Rotterdam taking on Nikolaus Basilashvili. And this is a tough one. Vasilis Billy can take the racket out of your hand with his power. Mackie McDonald's one of the best players on the tour matching up with power. That one you didn't even really see, though. So that was a tough one for Mackie, but he's up an early break in the first set. Did a terrific job taking care of his serve games. Mackie served about 70% per serves. Just watch the movement, the sense of urgency with his footwork. Gets the first set under his belt, and it's more of the same. Good active feet, tries to get in close to the baseline to neutralize some of that huge power of Bachelors Billy. He won almost 70% of Bachelors Billy's second serve points. That puts a ton of pressure on Bachelors Billy, and that is an absolute routine 6 3 6 2, which is a great win for Mackey. All right, meanwhile, Huber Hercotch taking on a guy it's nice to see on the court, Joe Wilford Sanga. Listen, Joe Willie always puts a smile on my face, one of my favorite guys to watch over the last 15 years, but when you're making a comeback and trying to regain form, stay healthy, Hercotch is not a guy you want to play, especially indoors where there's not much that can take away from his ball striking and his serving. Hercotch had such a career year last year, winning Miami, making the ATP Finals for the first time. Looking pretty comfortable out here. Won that first set. We did see a little bit of the old Joe Willie, but Hercotch didn't really give him much of a chance to do it. As you can see there, when he's staying up on the baseline and really pressing the issue, just a tough customer. Managed to push it into a breaker here. Joe Willie did have a set point in this second set. Trying to stay up on the baseline and push Hercotch back, but Hercotch finds a way to come in. Oh. One-hander there from Joe Willie. Just not enough with the wheels to be able to get it. But, Paul, I think he would have gotten that maybe a decade ago. Yep, and he has a set point right here, Prakash. But you know what? Hercotch these days, Prakash, he has the propensity to win matches. That's twice now, I just Paul. need to use that That's word twice. twice in one night just so I can make sure I remember it. And That's right the dictionary. It seals it. Great effort for Hercotch. Fun to see Sanga back on the course, though. Certainly. A little too tough at the end of the day. Even Hercotch gives him the, ah. Welcome back. Sorry to see you go. All right, to the social net we go now. And, of course, the Winter Olympics taking place in Beijing right now. And Peng Chui did have a meeting with IOC President Thomas Bach on the sidelines there. After that meeting, gave an interview to L'Equipe, the French newspaper. And in that interview was quoted as saying that there was never a sexual assault that she alleged, that there was a misunderstanding of her social media post of November 2nd, uh, and essentially saying this was all a big misunderstanding. Well, that is not necessarily the position that the WTA is accepting at this point. Steve Simon came out after that and essentially said, we don't necessarily believe that that's going to alleviate our concerns. We still hold to our position, which is that we are not going to be holding tournaments 
in China. And so, Prakash, with this continuing, the question to you, do you think the WTA with this back and forth now with Peng Shui will make a change here and play in China? Well, look, I think this is, there's obviously something more serious going on. We don't know all the full details. I'm not sure if we can boil this down to just an enormous misunderstanding. I believe the WTA is going to give their final thoughts around Indian Wells time, their final decision. But I, I don't think it's going to take place. Steve made a very, very strong statement and much to the applause of everyone around the world. So I, I think they've dug their heels in and they're going to stick with it. Yeah, I think Steve Simon's done a great job of leading in this situation. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of information and misinformation that's going on. There's a lot of guessing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening, and we don't know all the details. But I really commend Steve Simon and the WTA to try to figure out exactly what's happening. And everyone's fearful of what's going on. Peng Shui has not been out there very active, making sure we all know everything is all right. So we need to get a little bit more uh, of the details in, and I, and I commend the WTA. All right. Well, tough situation. We'll continue to monitor that, of course. Meanwhile, I'll look ahead to tomorrow. In case 20 hours of tennis today didn't give you your fill, more? we got 20 more coming at you tomorrow. That's right. Starting again at 3 a.m. Eastern time from St. Petersburg, then to Rotterdam at 5 a.m. Buenos Aires, the men there playing on the red clay. And then we wrap things up in Dallas at night, wrapping up with TC Live tomorrow night. Back to wrap up this TC Live in a minute. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, we'll be back in tennis paradise before you know it. Indian Wells back in its usual spring calendar spot in the Tennis Channel. Once again, the exclusive home for first ball through the finals. Live coverage of the BMP Paribas Open in Indian Wells. Don't miss any of it. ATP and WA starting Wednesday, March 9th. To the hot shot now. We give it to the hot shot. Prakash, what you got? Fernando Verdasco, 1983. Same year as me. Still doing some things for the older guy. Showing some movement here. Oh, he chased down those biscuits. Put a little extra gravy on it. Very nice. Wheels. Great. Does he have pajamas on too, Prakash, or not? What do you uh, Now, you know what? I'm going to go with a little stain on okay. the uh, <laughs> inside of it. He might have just slipped. He got a little black and green thing going on over there. A little mustard and relish on Dirty the uniform. Shows you try. Shows you try, as you used to tell me in baseball. All right, there's your lineup. Tomorrow, again, it starts at 3 a.m. Eastern in Russia. Petra Kvitova kicking things off. And then a couple of Greek number one seeds, Sakari and Tsitsipas. And, of course, the match to watch tomorrow, Juan Martin Del Potro. A match that could be history for him. Yeah, how can your eyes go anywhere other than the Del Potro match? And, and amazing playing Del Bonus, right? A little bit ironic. Was it 2016 they won Davis Cup? Or was that the year they 16, won? Davis? Yeah, yeah and, and interesting, you know, uh, Delpo had to come back from two sets against Chilich, yeah. right, to get them into the match. And then Del Bonus seals it against Karlovic. Mm. So those guys are now playing each other. So a little bit of poetry maybe tomorrow out there. But I'll tell you what, if it's poetry, it's a, it's a little bit of a sad poem, too. I just hope something miraculous happens where he just can keep going because uh, 
it's going to be a big – we miss him when he's not out there now, and he's been battling so many injuries. We really don't want him to go away, but um, it's been a tough go of it for him. Tough task to play against Adele Bonas, who's, who's obviously in form and especially on clay, but wouldn't it be special if they gave us a very special match, maybe a 7-6 in the third, something like that, something memorable for Delpo to walk off with. But if you got to win, I know we'd all be cheering, get to see Delpo Keep one winning. more time. You know? Keep Why winning. Not? Why not? All right, tennis fans, well, go take a short nap, all right? And we'll be back in just a couple of hours with more live tennis starting at 3 a.m. Eastern time. That's it for TC Live. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a good tennis night.